0: Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hey, Guthrie. Hi.
1: You're kind of doing that announcer voice.
0: I. Uh, this No, but when is... you said,
1: between humans and technology.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. I was trying.
1: Have you been practicing?
0: Yes, every day. I stare <laughs> in the mirror ten times you a day. You do
1: not. Hey I have a beautiful day here uh in Wisconsin uh, It's very blue sky sunny, of course, it is like minus something outside. It's winter uh lots of snow. We've yeah. got like a foot of snow over the last it's, couple of days.
0: It's cold here
1: yeah and you're you're in Chicago and it's cold
0: yes, yeah. um the view out yeah. my window, yeah, is very sunny, yeah. Do you see what I did there?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mm-hmm. did. But did you have a view of anything? Any anything? You know, what objects can you see?
0: Uh, I don't.
1: The reason don't. we're we're doing this, by the way, is because today's topic is objects and views. and views. All right, I gotta warn you. Warn yeah. you and everybody else. This is, when when we teach workshops and stuff on uh, UX and conceptual model design and all that stuff, mm-hmm. this is the hardest thing we teach. I always tell people when we get to this part of whatever course we're teaching that, you know, this is the toughest. And if we make it through, everything from here on out is clear sailing, mm. as they say. So now we're going to give ourselves... <laughs> <laughs> An extra challenge because we're gonna do this without any visuals.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought this would be hard. But...
1: <laughs> then why did you say we should do it? Yeah, when we I can do it shortly. Choice? It'll be great. We can do it. We can do it. We you know, audio works. So, um oh, objects and views. So let's let's uh first let's put this in context. How's that?
0: Yep, <clears throat> contextualize so, away.
1: All right, so uh, I I think we've talked to before on one of our other episodes, but it's been a long time, and who knows whether anybody remembers it or even heard it. We talked about something called a conceptual model, and um, you and I talk about that because we talk about um, it's – you know, you're, you're designing a product, right? You're designing an app or you're designing software or something like that, a website. Um, and this especially holds when you're designing like an app or software. And, you know, you're going to do all the detailed design. You're going to design the screens and pages and decide what what field, you know, what data entry field should go here and what the label should be and where it should go and what colors you should use and all that stuff that um, we call is commonly known as, you know, detailed interaction design, right? Right. But then you've got like bigger or, or at least different design questions like information architecture, how should we categorize things,
0: Yes, categorization.
1: Categorization and things like that, which go into what we call the conceptual model design. And so, um, one of the things that I realized really early on in uh, my usability, user experience career. Uh, it has to do with this conceptual model design idea, but it's very specific. So what I noticed was that when software was hard to use, you know, I'd be evaluating a client's piece of software. I'd be doing, you know, a heuristic evaluation or a cognitive walkthrough. Hey, we should probably talk about those in one of these episodes, the difference between that. But anyway, we'd be evaluating it. and what I noticed was that if that people would get disoriented, users would get disoriented when they couldn't figure out what they were looking at, what objects they were supposed to take action on. Uh, that those two questions: what am I? What is it that I'm actually dealing with, or interacting with, or looking at? And and what am I supposed to do with it? And um, you know, like you're looking at a screen, and it's like, is this the, is this the account profile, or is this a, an order, or what am I looking at, right? Right. Um, that that caused an enormous amount of confusion if people didn't understand what I came later to call, the objects and the view of the objects and then the actions that they were supposed to take. So I thought we could talk about this somewhat esoteric topic because I think it's really important if you're designing especially an app or software, it, you got to be really clear on what some someone is viewing. So can I give you an example, some examples? Yes. Okay. So if you go to use a calendar program, any of them, like it might be microsoft calendar or maybe you're using one of the office calendar maybe you're using one of the uh, you know web ones like what is it calendly or something like that right? or
0: even uh, G calendar
1: G calendar any of those
0: probably not the real name of it but I forget what the real name is when
1: you're looking at that um, there will be lots of cues and clues as to what you're looking at and there will be so. you know y- y- you went there to put an appointment on your calendar or to look up what what meetings you have today and so in that kind of situation it's pretty clear what the object is the object that you're looking at at any given point it's your it's it's a calendar or your calendar and the then there's the view of the calendar and that's that's pretty obvious in this situation too because what are the different views Guthrie w- of a calendar
0: well you have the daily monthly weekly
1: yeah you have daily view monthly weekly you might have annual you probably you have like an ap- a specific appointment view and all of that is pretty easy to understand because calendars are fairly concrete
0: well it's it helps that it's based off a a real object does it not right it's that there's a calendar on the wall we know what a calendar is supposed to be it's only so many ways you can really demonstrate how time flows
1: right and we have a pretty shared understanding of that like you know, the week is divided up into days, right? Yeah. The month is divided up into weeks. The day is divided up into hours. I mean, this the is hours all... hours
0: are divided the, up right, into seconds. in the minutes, minutes and...
1: Uh, You know, and we, so the uh, the shared understanding, the importance really with the shared understanding is not just that you and I share the understanding, but that we share the understanding with whoever the the designer and the developer is of the program, right? So they thought it made sense to have the calendar go by month and by day and by week because they knew that that's what we thought. So that's an example of... Uh, making object decisions, the object is the calendar, and making view decisions, the view is the month or the day or the weekly view, that uh, in this conceptual model of this calendar software that makes sense to the user. And you know so it's like well big deal of course they're gonna do it that way, yeah big deal, but now when we start to get into things that are that where we don't have a shared view where the users and the designers slash developers don't share um, the same mindset, the same mental model. Then when the designers and developers go to create that conceptual model, they create what they think makes sense or they create what will make sense with the underlying programming code. And that may not make sense to us at all. And so if you think about um, so I'm I'm going to actually put you right on the spot, Guthrie, and I didn't give you any warning about this either, mm-hmm. did I? I want you to think, can you think of a program, an application, or software that you used, you know, either recently or in the past that you just found really confusing, at least initially when you were trying to learn it? it maybe you figured it out later, but initially you were like, what the heck is this?
0: Of uh, the many, 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 many okay. programs. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's pick one, and we'll reverse engineer it and see what they did with objects and views that made it difficult for you.
0: Well, this is tough because do you have to know? But because we, we're doing this on an auditory medium, so
1: yes, I know. So you can't show me. So just something that you, you're gonna have to. You know, I'll, I'll interview you. I'll lead you through.
0: How well do I have to know the program? You have to Cause, know because there are programs I use that I never really figured out
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay it can be one of those there are programs you use that you never really figured out it can be one of those just pick one we'll talk about it if it's not a good example I'll have you pick another one
0: um I uh let's see let's see um I can how uh there there's a I mean I never like like uh Ableton Live is ridiculous.
1: That's a good one. Yeah, I tried it once. <laughs> you actually have used it. So let's talk about Ableton Live, which is a, a program for uh, composing music, right? Yes. So when you're uh, in Ableton Live and you're looking at a particular screen, okay, especially if you're looking at a screen where that's confusing, um can can you identify the object? What is it you're looking at? So, for instance, in the calendar program, we said the object was the calendar. And what what do you, you know, what do you think <laughs> the object is in Ableton Live?
0: It's like, well, that's the pro that's part of the problem. Right, of course.
1: And Right, what, like uh, so yes. there's there's
0: two modes.
1: Oh, yeah, modes. Oh, my God. Yeah, we can talk about modes. And by
0: two, I actually mean three.
1: Okay, what are the modes?
0: Well, again, I, do how well do I really know it? I don't know if this fits that well. But there's, like, the first mode is, like, clip mode, where you organize, like, your clips together into... And, like, multiple clips come together to make a... I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but it's all the clips in a line, and then you have multiple lines, each line being composed of multiple clips. And then you, and then there's the um, MIDI note view, which is underneath that, where you, where it'll show you the notes of each clip in MIDI form. But then there's a different view that allows you to play different. Like clip groupings together into uh, and, and that's done um chronologically over time, yeah. Like a song,
1: so so the and this is very um, this is the object and view problems. You know, the more complex a piece of software is, it's the m- really
0: complex, the, m- the
1: more likely there is to be object and view problems, but. But that doesn't mean they're not solvable. I mean, the more complex a piece of software is, the more important it becomes that you do a good job at having very clear objects and very clear views. So um, some of the problems with the, with the, uh, these complex soft, software, especially I see this a lot with software that has to do with um, uh, sound or video is another example where they do this you know, where they have like a pain design, a P-A-N-E, although it often is ends up being P-A-I-N, but P-A-N-E, you know, where you have this pain over here is for this and this pain over here is for that. And what you, you know, it just, it, it then the whole thing becomes just crazy. You've got objects nested in objects or different objects and different views of different objects and you don't even know what you have. So for instance, when you were talking about the uh, Ableton Live, you were talking about you mentioned the word clip. So they've obviously picked an object called clip, and they've named it Clip, right? Because you know. No, they haven't. I no? have
0: no idea what it's called. OK. I don't know. I, I'm calling you it Clip. You don't know what it's I called. I don't know what it's called. You
1: could just called it Clip, because you didn't know what else to call it.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: So um, what happens, with, so here's what's going on with Ableton Live. Uh, and I haven't done a, you know, official you know evaluation of Ableton Live but I'm going to guess from what you've said that if I did an evaluation I would find out that they were using first of all they're using objects and they're not naming them so that means the user is looking at something and doesn't and really doesn't have a clue what they're looking at it's just you know it's just a thing and they don't know what it is and they don't know what they can do with that and they don't know how that relates to any other things that are also on the screen that are also not named so when you have objects that you haven't named that makes it confusing and then um, the other thing that goes wrong is uh, you know are there multiple views of that thing right remember we had multiple views of the calendar there was daily and weekly and sometimes they have these, so so we start with the problem of they have things and we don't know what the things are, and then they might have different views of the things. So maybe there's a, a zoomed in view of the clip and a zoomed out view, and maybe there's you know all your clips together versus one individual clip, and y- you know you don't real you might not realize that there are different views, or if one is showing, you might not realize what view you're looking at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then, to compound it further, um, you don't know what the actions are that you can take on this thing. So, that you know, if, when there's an object, you need to know what you can do with that object. So it's, it might not be clear or obvious when you're looking at the screen what you can do with these things called clips. Like, can you start a new one? Can you close it? Can you merge them together? Like, what are you supposed to do? Do you you play it, like what are you supposed to do with this thing you have called a clip? And Then, one more problem is oftentimes, and and it sounds like it may be true in some parts of Ableton Live, they pick objects, uh, whether they've named them or not, that make sense to them, but just don't make sense to people. At least not initially. And they don't provide any training to share with you their model of here are the objects. I, look,
0: they may do all his. of this and but they just do a bad job of it. I don't wanna disparage them.
1: Um well I've used Ableton Live and I would disparage them. No, I they it's very it's very common for complex software that doesn't do something simple rooted in the physical world, like you mentioned, yeah. to have, to not have done a great job of choosing and identifying objects and views. So th- it's just a, it's a really common issue. And uh, probably the biggest cause of usability and user experience issues for any moderately to heavily complicated piece of software. Yeah. So when I'm going to evaluate, when someone says to me, Oh, and I should, in in fairness
0: to Ableton, there's now an Ableton 10, which I haven't used, and maybe it's better or different or something. Yeah,
1: and maybe it's not. So, um, and then in some programs, and I'm not I'm not saying Ableton does this, although I think they do. But for instance, I know um, we'll pick on a different company. Uh, you know, Adobe Premiere um, does this, where there are actually lot there are multiple objects on the screen, each of which have multiple views, uh, and each of which have multiple actions, and um, You know, so so now you've got the initial problem and you've got it compounded.
0: Right.
1: So, um, let's, you know, would you like to talk about what to do about this if you're the designer slash developer? Sure. (laughs) Do you have any ideas? Any guesses? Well,
0: I don't, hey, I think... Can I ask you a a, a better question or a different question? Yeah.
1: I thought my question was good. What do you you mean a better question?
0: Can you think of any... (laughs) (laughs) Can you think of any um, examples of a really, really complicated piece of software that's that's done well? Well, because, like, you know, so, like, yes, everyone knows Adobe Suite and uh, Audition and, like, the... The UI is, you know, complicated, and there's all these objects and all these ideas. Also, it's also a very, very, very complicated. It's doing a, compli- a lot of stuff, you know. Um, and so I'm, I'm just trying to think of, you know, are there other... Can you think of any software that's comp- that does a lot of stuff in multiple ways but is better?
1: Well all the products I've helped design. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, well, yeah, probably. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, products I use. So, I mean, it might not be as complicated. Um, I have a
0: couple of answers, by the way.
1: You want to go first? Sure. Go ahead.
0: Um. So something that's really, really, really um, complicated, but also great is uh, a lot of um video game interfaces. So if you think of uh, a a Dota or some oh, oh, so other other kind of real time strategy games. Uh huh. So, Dota, for example, okay? Let me just give you an example of, of what's going on here. On one screen, all right, it it shows you, you know, you ha- you have the ability to, you have to, like, move around on screen. You have to target specific places. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can upgrade and cast spells on, like, the specific place. There's a place for items, uh, you, where, where you store items, you can buy items, and items have uh, uses. You can trigger items' uses at various times. There's communication with your teammates. There's a picture of the map, uh, with a mini-map, with all sorts of stuff. There's, uh, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's an overlay that shows the current status, the time, the day, the night, uh, the current status of your teammates, and the ultimates that they have. <clears throat> there's like uh you know it shows you the health points and mana and like there's like there's there's like a lot of stuff going on
1: okay and you think they do a good job of it
0: people use it
1: and why do you think they do why why is it that you think people that that it's it's easy to use with all that stuff going on
0: um because i have a couple thoughts the the first being is that um you have to do everything really, really quickly. You know, within a second, you have to, you know, we're talking, you know, you, 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 you teleport in, you cast a spell, you use an ability, or you use an item, uh, you, you attack someone, you move out of the way, a different teammate comes in, they cast a spell, uh, you run into the bush, you go back home, you buy an item, you know, like, like you have to do all that within a couple of seconds. Okay. And so, out like if it was hard and complicated to use, the game would literally have no value because you couldn't execute what you wanted to. Um, so 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 like, like the critical component of the game's success or a critical component is the ability to actually perform these complex maneuvers is the ability to use the interface. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: So, but what do you think they've done in design that, that makes that possible?
0: So what they do and what a lot of video games do is the first, first part is that they use, um, the full screen, the full potential of the screen. Mm -hmm. So you have a big thing in the middle, but then on all sides, bottom, top, um, a little on the sides sometimes um there are like these um it you know it's actually it's very very airplane cockpit ish mm-hmm. where you yeah you have like the window right but then around it you have like a bunch of different gauges mm-hmm. so um you know if if I mean you should i it would it would be if you if you have a second you should just go and and open take a look at like what dota. Like a, like a Dota screen looks like. All
1: right, what, how are you spelling that?
0: D-O-T-A-2, and then just type in, like, screenshot.
1: People can maybe hear me typing here. No, that's fine. OK. Dota 2 screenshot. All right. All right. So, So, I mean,
0: Dota 2 is one of the most complicated games, really, that you can play. And that's why I picked that example for those who who were wondering.
1: So, um, so So. one of the things I'm going to say then, if we wanted to look at this from an object and view. Now, are
0: you looking, again, I I don't exactly know what you're looking at, but I'm assuming it's got, like, the bottom has all kinds of stuff on it. And there's a bar on the top. Yes. And stuff going on on the screen. Yep. Okay.
1: So one of the things is, uh maybe not everywhere, but there are there are object names around here. Do you like see there's...
0: the shop button? On the left, bottom left? Shot. Shop.
1: Shop. Mm. Not in this screenshot.
0: Okay, then I, I don't know. But what we've you're got, you know, in-
1: inventory. I see a I see the word I'm looking at words. I see the word inventory. No, no,
0: you're looking at the wrong spot then.
1: Oh. All right. Anyway, I'm gonna guess that they've done a relatively good job of identifying important objects. And that at any given moment on the screen you know what the objects are. And you know what they mean. And you know where to go to do something with that object. Would you say that's accurate? Um,
0: yeah. I mean, there's a huge learning curve. But yes, um, yes, everything is very clearly labeled. Yeah. The um, items or abilities have are like a picture that's easily associated with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, man, I wish I could share this with you. Hold on. Um. Here, give me just a second. I can I can share this one page. Um, so if you just open it. Okay. So now we're we're looking at the same picture, and the audience can't see this, but that's fine. It doesn't it doesn't particularly matter. Okay. Okay. So you got that mm-hmm. open. Mhm. So you see that like okay. So just starting on the left, right. There's a mini map. Mm-hmm. and it's and just looking at it and you don't he need to know anything about the game and you don't but you can clearly kind of tell like right like there are two sides and there are like various icons on there
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know in the middle there's like the spells and each one has a particular like symbol mm-hmm. and then you have the little um, icons to the right of that and that's the items Mm-hmm. And each one looks very distinct from the other mm-hmm. um, and and like one thing in particular, okay So if you look on the far right side, do you see the do you see the like like um there's a little uh, flying icon
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So that's like a very small icon. but like it does a very specific thing, which is which is about the courier. So like there's this complex action where there's like well you ha- where you can buy items and put them on a courier that actually like carries them around the map in various ways, mm-hmm. and so you need to be able to call that. But so instead of burying that in some sort of menu which would require multiple clicks, there's a very small dedicated button for it on your like display. It's almost like yeah. a it's it's almost like a like a hood a heads up display. Right. You know in that in that case. So,
1: so what? So the one of the if we again looking at this in terms of objects and views,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, whether it's with words or good icon design, right? Mm Because it could be either way. It's it's relatively clear, and it's relative. Like you said, there's a learning curve, but it it will be relatively easy for you to learn what the objects are, what they do, what you can do with them, and what view. Like, I, am I looking at the detailed or am I looking at the, the zoomed out map, right? Mm-hmm. So that is helping this to be um, easier to learn and use than it could have been if they hadn't made that clear, if they didn't have good distinctions between objects, or if they picked you know, objects that didn't make sense to you. And I think, I think that, um, you know, what you said before is interesting because in this case, this is a game. If they make it too hard to learn or use, you won't play the game. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's a, with, with games, there's always a um, – this actually gets into a different topic that I hope we do one of these days, which is about human factor loads – I mean, if a game is too easy, it won't be interesting. So, it, it, this was an interesting example to use because um, it's a game. Uh, so there, you know, it can't be too easy. But on the other hand, if it's too hard for you to even decipher what's going on, you're not going to use it. And so, the the game, whoever created this game, is very interested in evaluating and crafting the right level of engagement f- for the people playing it. Not too hard, not too easy, and so on. And if you think about some of the uh, complex software you've used that were n- was not a game, you sometimes have to wonder if the people designing it uh, are aware of how hard they've made it, and how much they care, yeah. right? How important is it um, to their revenue, their bottom line, or anything else if it's if it's hard to use, or if it has some of these uh, these conceptual model problems?
0: Yeah, so, I just I just find it's interesting that it seems to be when the software is really complex. The best UIs seem to happen when, in situations, when you have to make like split-second decisions.
1: Well, that's probably because it's like um, by
0: it's like by necessity, right?
1: Right, they have to if because if they've got a poor design and and in any way, whether it's detailed, you know, micro design or whether it's a macro design issue like we're talking about here, yeah. If they have a poor design, um, then uh, it if you have to make split-second decisions, it's just not going to be usable at all, and you're not even going to try, and you're going to give up, and you're not even going to learn how to use it, and they're not going to make any money. So, But if you've got a program like, uh, you know, uh, tax accounting software, right, or uh, discovery software for lawyers, um, or... Uh, Uh, You know, I'm just thinking about all the software I've evaluated and helped design, Um, you know, a decision management software. Um, People aren't making split-second decisions, so your poor design decisions can kind of get buried in terms of how important they are. Um, So... uh, this idea I I'm trying you asked me if I had an example, right? Of a mm-hmm. good one or a bad one. Well, I'm thinking of like um my example might not be as exciting as a game. But I'm thinking like um uh you know, we use there's a certain program we use for creating and distributing our online course videos. And that's Uh, and it's fairly complicated I mean you've got a lot of stuff going on and tracking students and courses and creating lessons and uploading videos and you've got files and assets and all kinds of stuff right but it's fairly it's fairly you know the the object you're in the view you're in is pretty good they do a pretty good job of of making the objects and the views clear So that's an example I would say of something that's fairly complicated and not too hard to to use or not too hard to learn. Um, So if you want to get this right, you know, I I guess first of all, I I have some hints or ideas about how people. Let's say that you know people listening are working on a particular project for designing software. you know they should they here's here's what you can do I mean take a look at take a look at your uh, a particular task that someone is doing with your product and um, look at that screen and set and identify what are the objects and what are the views. What are the views of the objects? And and are they clear? Are they separate from each other? I'm looking right now. I will bring up another example. Pick on somebody else. Um, I just opened LinkedIn right now, and uh, a lot of people know LinkedIn. And you know, I know LinkedIn pretty well now, so I know kind of how to work my way around, although every now and then I get confused about what to go, how to, what I'm looking at or what to do. But for instance, they have, you know, I'm on a page. I actually don't, oh, I'm on the notification. So they have notifications and then they have messaging and then they have my network. They have jobs, and those are all objects, right? Although messaging and notification, if you didn't know LinkedIn, yeah. those objects kind of sound like similar, right? Yeah. And then, and uh, they're not, but they kind of sound similar. And um, then they have a, an object called me, which is of course my favorite object. But um, I'm just, that was a joke. And then they have an object called work. Like, what? what is that? Like, what's work? And I don't know, actually. I'm gonna click on it and see. And I don't know what work is, even after I clicked on it and looked at it. I'm not sure what it is. So, you know, some of their choices of the words for what these things are, are okay, and others are like, eh. So, um, that would be the what I would suggest is to go to a particular screen or page in your application that you're working on or your prototype, and look at the words and look at the icons and ask yourself, would people know what this thing is that they're looking at? I mean, when I'm looking at this whole page, that's on notifications, um, you know, do I, do I know what I'm looking at? Well, notifications is pretty clear. It's it's like other things people have posted that's what they mean by notifications and if I say well what view am I in well I'm in a you know as I'm looking at this it says recent at the top and then there's a whole little thumbnail so I would say I'm in the thumbnail view of recent notifications that's what I'm looking at and it's that's fairly clear and I would assume that since it says recent and I have little thumbnails there's probably other views and indeed, if I click on one, I get a detailed view of a particular notification, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's, you, you want to look and see, is it clear to people what they're looking at? Is, is the name of that thing, the, the way you've named it, does that make sense? Is it clear whether there's more than one view? Is it clear what the different views are? And is it clear what action I should take on this object? Um, And if the answer to any of that is, eh, maybe not, uh, you know, then there are lots of things you can do. First of all, of course, you should probably be doing user testing to find out if people understand what these things are. Um, But then the other thing I want to talk about, Guthrie, is how the – let's say you're doing an an application from scratch. Right. Like it doesn't exist. How can you – how how do you make sure that you're gonna pick objects and views that make sense so um, there's actually in in the classes that we teach there's a way to go about doing it and um, basically what you have to do what you really should do first is uh, have a task flow of how people are going to do the most important tasks that you want them to do and then from that description and because you've done user research and you know what the, what they're thinking about you choose uh, the major objects and I always say you should have one or two or no more than three major user objects for every task someone is going to do and you actually go through and you look at the tasks and you think about what you know about the users and you say okay I'm gonna say that the major objects we should be showing them while they're doing this thing are and then you you list what those are and you describe them you know you say I think that we should have a, um, a notifications object and I think we should, the view of that should be a list of thumbnails and a detailed view and a recent view versus yeah. all view and you make those decisions before you've designed any screens.
0: Well I think it's really important, I mean having objects, you know, that are just markers that people can easily do stuff with,
1: Yeah, I just think it makes
0: it so much easier.
1: I mean, it makes sense, but then you then you know I don't often during design. It's not a step that people stop and do. You know, they may they may realize after the fact when they're having user experience problems. Maybe they'll realize that I I find a lot of people don't if they're not used to thinking this way. But the key is, can you make these decisions consciously, purposely, purposefully? Can I? During design,
0: can I see a question? Yeah. So I mean, this obviously makes a lot of sense if you're doing, like, if you're, like, if you're designing software that has to, that som- where something has to happen. I know that doesn't sound great, but like, <laughs> that's it a terrible. These are way software where nothing has to happen. Well, so for example, a website, right? Like, yes, like, not, yes. not, not a. Let's not. Don't think about like a. Um, you know, like where you're going to pay a bill and there's tasks that you need to do. Just think of like, just like an informational website, you know? Yes. I'm displaying information. Maybe there's a login page, you know, but, you know, it's not, I mean.
1: People aren't buying anything. They're not doing anything. They're just looking at the information.
0: Yeah. Or even buying, you know, it's just like, I don't know. Or something very simple.
1: Yeah. No, then this is not that important okay
0: that, that yeah was this question.
1: is yep this is mainly for when you have uh, a, you're designing a product in which people are trying to do tasks there are various tasks that they're trying to do i mean you know even if it's playing the game right um and uh if, if all you have is an informational website, then probably the most important, you know, if we're talking about conceptual model design, which is what we're talking about, if you have an informational website, then the most important thing you should be doing is worrying about your information architecture, which is, you know, I mean, it's not, there's, of course, some relationship between objects and views and information architecture, but they're not the same thing. But um, if you have... So if the only task people have is go find information on this, then you have an information architecture uh, challenge. You don't have an object view challenge. Uh, If you have, if people have to know what they're looking at and know what view they're looking at it in and know what to do with it, then you have an object view challenge. Okay. So that's useful. Yeah. Yeah. So I find this is, um, I used to call this the secret to intuitive design. That's how strongly I kind of feel about it. I really do think it is. I think, and I think it's, you know, if I had to guess what percentage of, uh, you know, designers, people who design software, applications, mobile or desktop or whatever, what percentage of them um, uh, get to the point in their design process where they say, and they actually say, okay, now let's decide on objects and views. (laughs) Uh, I think it's a really small percentage, which makes me sad. And, And, you know, I've taught this quite a lot, and so I'm hoping that my students would do it. (laughs) But it really, you know, it goes against um, the way most people design. It also, it requires that you do some thinking and decision-making and testing before you start designing pages and screens. And a lot of people just want to jump right to designing pages and screens, you know. So
0: it it very much... It, this is this is advanced level stuff.
1: It is, it is, because the other thing that um, that we haven't necessarily talked about, and, and we don't have to today, uh, but I guess I'll just hint at it. Uh, the other thing is that once you've got these objects and views mapped out, you know what they are for. You know, here for a particular task, you know what the objects and views are. You can translate that into a a screen slash page flow easily. You can say well the first thing they need to do is this so that means they should be looking at this object and this view of the object and you just you know that's step number one and then they need to do this which means they need to look at this object and this view of that object and you map this out we do this in our classes and you end up with this beautiful map of what what the screens are that you need to design and what needs to be on them. And then, of course, you still have to design them, right? I mean, you have to design the recent notification, the recent view of the notification object. I yeah. mean, you, you have to design that and decide what it's going to look like and how much you're going to show and. You know, with borders and what colors and uh, bl- all the what information you're going to have on there. I mean, that you still have to do that design, but you know that at this point in the process, this is what they should be looking at, and um, it it makes design uh, it it does so many things because if you're working from your your task analysis that you did during your user research
0: <laughs> because you <laughs> did and, and, that. And, 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 and.
1: Um, then, then a couple things happen. You're now, you're now assured that your design is going to be easy to use. It's going to be intuitive. It's going to match the user's mental model. It's going to match their workflow. It's like, uh, you know, three fourths of the battle <laughs> is taken care of. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. But it's interesting to me that people resist this.
0: Well, as much it's complicated as they do. and it's hard. I don't, I'm not surprised. Yeah,
1: like, and writing code is not complicated and hard. I mean, people do that.
0: Right? Yeah, but that's, that, I guess that's, that's like.
1: I mean, what, yeah? I mean, it's complicated and hard. Really, you know what? It's not that. In a scale of, you know, uh, uh, staring into space as zero and figuring out how to, send people to Mars as a hundred, all right, this is not up at a hundred, all right, this is, it's it's not zero, I'll give you that, it's not even 50, it's not like brain surgery, you know, I mean, it's like down around 25 or
0: 30,
1: hmm. it's not that hard, <laughs> uh, I think, but, but it, I, yeah, I, you know, I think people resist. I don't know what people resist. I don't know why people resist this. Sometimes I think it's because they think it's not creative. I don't know. We probably do tend, without, without maybe knowing that we do, we probably tend to take a system one thinking approach to designing complex software you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we just want to you know somehow we got in our mind how it should work uh, or how one part should work and then we get lost in the maze of how to do things and I also think once you make one or two decisions about designing complicated software um you know, you, you just decide, you know, you're going to have X, Y, or Z. Then I think you, you know, if you're not willing to change that initial idea, you can get stuck and you don't, you know, objects and views forces you to stop and look at the big picture. And maybe people just don't like doing that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I do know that when I've, uh, here's what I here's what I found. If I'm teaching someone who is used to doing design, they want to get sketching screens like right away. Yeah. So they don't like pausing to do this part. But and then and then I've also found if I'm teaching like people who have a programming or development background, they you know what they get frustrated at. With this, there's not one right answer. Right. And they don't like that. Because, you know, we can, you and I could take the same situation, the same task that people need to do, the same target audience, okay? And I could decide that my objects are gonna be this, this, and this, and my views are gonna be this, this, and this. You could decide differently. You could decide your objects were going to be this, 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 and the views were going to be this, 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 and we would design two different interfaces for the same audience doing the same task. And that's okay. And people struggle with that. Like they think there's one right interface. There's not one right interface. There's a, it's like multiple universes right now some of the interfaces are better than others (laughs) some are more intuitive some are easier to learn and so on but there's a lot of different ways to do it it just depends on which objects and views you've picked so i would rather you pick those consciously man what
0: it's tough
1: why is it tough? See, uh, it's just, it's just to ab- me. It's, it's not tough. Why is it tough? It's just
0: abstract. It's just abstract.
1: That's what itself. it is. It's abstract. Why does yeah. that? But come on, is that really hard?
0: I guess so. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if this uh, if, if this gets very popular. My guess is that people are like, oh, I don't know. This is too hard. They haven't
1: <laughs> even made it to this point in the episode, uh, have, no, have they?
0: No. Oh, no one's, come on! No one's now you're making me
1: really sad. We no, nobody's listening.
0: It's okay. Hopefully, we, you got you gain some street cred with um. I gained some street cred with people who who really are uh, knowledgeable about the situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's hard to know that something works and nobody wants to do it because it's not fun. We have to figure out a fun way to do this. That's what we have to do. No. No. No.
0: No. We'll just, hey, just more bad design. It's more work for us. It's great.
1: Oh, you want people to make bad object view decisions so that <laughs> we have to come in and help them. All right, I can, I can buy that. Got uh, three. if people want to learn more about, well, you know, actually, I want to tell them, if they want to learn more about conceptual model design, we have a course on this.
0: Wow.
1: We have an online video course. We also have an in-person course that we're teaching in a couple of weeks on this very topic. So if you want to learn more, let us know. We'll help you learn more about it. And if they, people want to get a hold of us, Guthrie, they should email.
0: Info at the um,
1: Or they can go to our website.
0: Theteamw.com.
1: And then get more information, right?
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Hey, Guthrie, it was good to talk to you. Uh, stay warm in Chicago.
0: Uh, yes. Stay warm in Wisconsin. And, um, this was fun. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks everyone. Bye.